This is exactly right. Welcome to my favorite murder. That's Georgia Hart. Oh, the mini so the mini so. Don't worry about it. It's relaxed and chill. No intros, no names calling. Yeah, just video. If you want to watch in the um, you know what it's called, fan cult, go to myfavoritemurder.com and join the fan cult. It's a fun place to be. Fan cult, I didn't entirely blow dry my hair for you, and that is <laughs> disrespectful. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll start. It's called the mysterious red substance, a grandma story. And it says, names included. Please, if you're going to send us stories about your mom, your dad, anyone in your family, especially if it's old-timey stuff, we want their names. First name, but we got to be able to know. If you tell us some story that's unbelievable about your your grandma, and then you're like, she died 11 years ago today, and we can't then go, Grandma Marie, you did a great job. Please. It makes us sad. So include your grandma's name. Or you're the cause of our problems. Exactly. Or you've ruined our fucking lives. Greetings, MFM family. I originally submitted this story as a wee new listener back in 2018, but hundreds of episodes later, (laughs) I'd like to think my story drafting skills have improved and maybe I'll be one of the lucky ones. Hey. Looks like you are. Guess what, Uh, M? (laughs) Anyway... I just listened to the story about the museum thief who dripped blood all over a gilded mansion while rummaging around for treasure. Miniso 288. And also, thank you for including that. It's always good. Yeah. And it reminded me of the story my grandmother told me many years ago. The scene. The early morning hours in a badass mid-century modern house, Dallas, Texas, 1957, 8-ish. A young couple, my grandparents, Annie, Louise, and Dick, (laughs) are just waking up. The story. It was a regular morning in Dallas. Annie Louise, with her picture-perfect beehive hairdo, heard her young sons waking up down the hall. Laying in bed for a few more precious minutes, the housewife and mom of three mentally prepared for the day ahead. When she sat up in bed, Annie Louise was surprised to find some kind of red substance at the end of their bed. On closer inspection, she realized it was red candle wax that had dripped in a puddle on the blanket. I don't like where this is going. It's uh, witchcraft. She soon realized there were also drips of wax in various places on the carpet of their bedroom. Annie Louise woke up Dick, who easily slept through the sound of his young children, and he helped his wife figure out what the fuck was going on. It didn't take long to realize they had been robbed as Annie Louise's jewelry box was not on the dresser where it normally was, but rather dumped in the living room with most of her valuable pieces missing. Which, like, Mm. take the whole fucking box. You know what I mean? Like, why dump it out like it's fucking like a puzzle. Right. Unless you don't have, unless you're experienced and you know that like if if a, a standard jewelry box is going to have a lot of costume jewelry in right. it, you, want, you only want the good stuff. Or maybe it was one of the old timey ones that were huge and like carrying it out of a house would look obvious. I don't know. Maybe it was one of the ones that you open and there was a ballerina and a song started. Oh. And the, they were like, this is too loud. There's too much risk. <laughs> I love ballet too much. Mm, truly. Various other items were also taken, but Annie Louise really focused on her jewelry when she relayed this story to me. Annie Louise and Dick continued finding red candle wax dripped all around their house, including in their young son's bedrooms and inside my own mother's baby crib. 
So this fucking person's walking around with a candle. The police later found a red taper candle in the backyard of the house that had been burned down to only three three to four inches in length. It appeared that the burglars had used red taper candles to illuminate the dark house while they rummaged through various shit. The puddle at the end of their bed, cops said someone was likely standing over them while they slept, making sure Annie Louise and Dick didn't wake up. Horrifying. An arrest was never made in the case. And when they asked how they'd broken into the house, Andy Louise said they always left the back door unlocked. So they just came in. Interestingly, <laughs> they were robbed at least two more times, during which Annie Louise once again had the majority of her jewelry stolen. Maybe home burglaries were more common back then? Question mark. Maybe people knew Annie Louise didn't properly lock up her jewels? Question mark. Dunno. Luckily, Dick always managed to replace what was stolen, so Annie Louise was never without her iconic jewelry for long. Just before my feisty grandma passed away in 2016, Annie Louise told everyone that instead of bequeathing any jewelry in her will, we'd all just have to fight over it. She seemed to take great joy in this, and I miss her terribly when I wear her huge ivory and gold elephant at the end of a chunky gold chain, her statement necklace. And then it says, purchase before the ban on ivory sales. Sorry, elephants. Then it says, stay sexy and save the elephants. M, she, her. (laughs) Nice pivot, M, right at the last (laughs) second. You saved that. We really did. Oh, wow. I mean, the candle, it's so creepy. Deeply creepy. And also, like, did they bring it themselves? Did they just find a taper candle in the house? Like, it sounds like they brought it. So, like, why not bring a fucking flashlight? Yes. And also a red candle. It did seem yeah. like witchcraft. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's a giveaway subject line, so I'll just start with, good evening, murder friends. I'm a day one listener, heard Karen on the Sklar's podcast and was sold, and I've sent in a couple emails in the past I'm sure you'll get to. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. So incredibly positive. So polite and positive. But I just saw this one on my hometown's History Geeks Facebook page, and it just screams Karen and Georgia. It's one of those incidents where one event caused another, caused another, caused a poisoning. In 1989, there was a nightclub in my hometown called the Peppermint Twist, which is very cute, but this story is not. Evidently, in September that year, they had run out of dish soap at their front bar for washing glasses by hand, and someone had filled a five-gallon jug with a dishwasher detergent that was most certainly not meant for hand-washing dishes. That same evening, the club was selling $1 watermelon shots, which sound delicious. Mm. The waitress serving that night went back to the bar to refill her tray and took a five-gallon container from the fridge, believing it to be watermelon shop mixture due to its red color. No. So obviously, it wasn't watermelon shots. It was Eco-Klein dishwasher detergent, which is 30% lye. Oh, no. Lye causes chemical burns on contact. The waitress filled her tray with poison and sold it to guests of the nightclub, 12 of whom were taken to the hospital that night. Oh, Oh my God. Two of its victims, Cindy and her dad, John, sued the nightclub in a huge suit and won with flying colors. Cindy had not only suffered severe burns to her esophagus, preventing her from ever eating solid food again. (gasps) Oh, but it also burned her hand when she was throwing up the poison. She likely would have died after running to the bathroom to throw up, but her husband had gotten concerned and went after her and found her unresponsive on the bathroom floor. He performed the Heimlich on her and 
made her throw up the poison and saved her oh, life. my God. John also suffered esophageal burns, but for some reason, the court awarded Cindy $2.5 million and John $750,000. I'm unsure why the other 10 victims didn't sue. It's a miracle no one died that night, and honestly, it's so wild. I've never heard of this incident until recently. Mm. Thanks for all your hard work and just for being all-around stand-up gals. Stay sexy and don't drink poison, Amanda. That is a perfect hometown of what we originally wanted was the crazy... Fu- I mean, we love all of them, obviously, the grandma yes. ones, the fucking treasure ones, but the the crazy thing that happened in your town that you had never heard of and you couldn't believe it or you grew up knowing and it was legendary, like that is... That's it. Wild. That's it. It's great so job. it's great job, Amanda. And also a day one listener, a rare a rare bird, a day one listener that can put a solid email together of a classic yeah. hometown and also just a story like that where it's <sighs> Uh, the late 80s, right? And yeah. so there's all kinds of things that aren't checked, all kinds of things that right. aren't regulated. <sighs> it's just like the worst. That's so sad. I honestly feel bad for the waitress too. It's like horrifying. She's probably has PTSD from having done that. A life-changing, horrifying totally. for every single person. I mean, all of it. It's so sad. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. 
What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Here's one called Wedding and Superglue. <laughs> oh. What's up, MFM fam? Two minutes ago to my timeline, you mentioned wedding horror stories. <laughs> I immediately cracked up, so here's mine. Just two days ago, my sister was getting married up in the mountains at a ski resort. It was a nice start to the day with a lovely brunch. Since we were in the mountains, I had horribly dry eyes from pretty much everything. So while we waited to set up, me and my boyfriend grabbed our room key and headed up to the room. I packed in a hurry and all my beauty products went into a plastic bag. I had my glasses off, which was already a bad idea considering I have negative 10 eyesight. (laughs) I reached in the bag for a small bottle, assuming it was my eye drops. I couldn't have been more wrong or more panicked as I realized my eye wouldn't open. I looked down with my last good eye and read, super glue. Oh, no. This is almost like continuing from the last email. Like equal kind of nightmarish. Nightmarish like (gasps) substances. Yes. I run to the bathroom while yelling at my boyfriend, I super glued my eye shut. Please call my mom. (laughs) And a half hour before meeting up with the ladies in my family to get ready, my boyfriend Mm. and I debated if we should go to the ER, but also considered this would ruin the whole wedding and I would miss her wedding, so we stayed. That's a good sister, huh? Well, yeah, but Jesus Christ. Like, that's that's taking a hit to a degree that I don't know if it's needed. It, well, it wouldn't ruin the wedding if you just had to go to the hospital real quick and then came back with an eye patch. I mean, it depends on the sister relationship here, though. You know what I mean? It could be like, you ruined my wedding. Or like, oh my God, are you okay? But can I just say that if if your sister would accuse you of ruining her wedding because you accidentally put super glue yeah. in your own fucking eye, <laughs> then she's looking for a reason and she's a true bridezilla right. and fuck your sister. Right. But that didn't happen. So, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> no, so we no. don't have to be mad at the we sister. We're not mad at her. Um, I would. So I would miss her wedding. So we stayed. I was also wondering if my eye was now blind since it would not open, and well, I couldn't see if I was blind. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I scrub and scrub my eye with steaming hot hand towels until I finally was able to open my eye. The only thing lost were some eyelashes, but not my vision. Yay. My eye is fine and it looked great in the pictures, which is a major (laughs) relief for my mom. (laughs) Please shout out my sister Ashley for her big day as she is also a major MFM fan and my favorite person in the world. Ashley. Ashley, smiley face. Sorry we talked about you as hypothetically being a (laughs) Bradzilla, Ashley. You're so not. We love you. You're the best sister. Was that the whole thing? Yeah, no no names. Wow. Ashley's sister. Ashley's sister. That's right. The subject line of this one is, I survived an earthquake in Guatemala. Ooh. Hi, MFM team. I was listening to this week's mini-sode where the English girl told her story of surviving a tornado in NOLA, and I thought I would share with you my story of surviving an earthquake in Guatemala. 
The year was 2015. I was on my first trip to Guatemala on a service and learning trip. On our last day in the country, our group hiked to a volcano where we picked up lava rocks and roasted marshmallows. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh, that's fun. I mean, it almost seems like the perfect afternoon. Yeah. But wait. (laughs) But wait, this is my favorite murder. (laughs) But wait, don't kid yourself. Okay. And then in parentheses, it says, I use, I once roasted marshmallows on a volcano in Guatemala as one of my two truths and a lie. Oh. (laughs) Perfect. That's good. It's so detailed, I would say truth. Right. But I also already read the email. Okay. (laughs) So after we finished our hike, we headed to the city of Antigua for shopping and dinner. We ate at this fantastic local eatery, shout out to Cafe Sky, that has a second floor terrace with a beautiful view of the surrounding volcanoes. While the servers were taking our order, suddenly everything began to shake. Minor earthquakes are fairly common in Guatemala, so one of my fellow travelers looked to the wait staff to gauge how worried we should be. And sure enough, the looks on their faces said, this is not normal. Oh. The shaking lasted probably no more than 10 seconds. While some of the other gringos at my table were a little freaked out, I was ecstatic to have a kick-ass story to tell. <laughs> I immediately got on Facebook to alert all my friends and family back home that we just lived through an earthquake while out to dinner in Antigua. I have been back to Guatemala on two other occasions, but I've yet to experience another natural disaster. I'm hoping to visit again in December with my 11-year-old son, so here's hoping that the ground stays put while we're there. (laughs) Stay sexy and definitely visit Guatemala because it's a beautiful country Mm. with a beautiful culture and amazing people. Ashley, she, her. Ashley, I want to go to Guatemala. Let's do it. Hell yeah. I bet it's amazing. It's gorgeous. Um, that sounds terrifying and horrible. That's that reminds me of like when there's turbulence on a plane, the secret is to look at the flight attendants. Flight attendants. And are they do they look like they're freaking out? Are they in their seats buckled up like tightly yeah. holding on to shit? That's how you know you're in trouble. I really thought at the beginning of that email that the earthquake was gonna happen. <laughs> On the volcano. Yeah. And so then it would just become a, a The Rock movie. <laughs> but um, it, was, it wasn't that. It wasn't. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Well, here's the story, my last one, called Grandma and the Buck. Hello, all. I am on my second listen through of the podcast and have just reheard your call for grandparent stories. I thought I would take a moment to share mine about my Nana. Now to preface, there are a few things you need to know about my maternal grandmother before we get into it. Joyce was a really tough, smart lady. (laughs) Yes, Joyce. Joyce. 
Joyce. She was born to Jamaican immigrants in the 20s, went to college as a black woman at 15. Wow. She went back again at 80 for fun, it says. Hell yes. Worked for early activists like (laughs) W.E.B. Dubois, met Desmond Tutu, had three children at 40, and helped my mom raise myself and my siblings. She was fearless and like many women in my life, pretty no-nonsense. If I had to pick a story that encapsulates her through it, this would be the one. At the time, my family lived in Connecticut in a house in the woods behind a golf course. It had a big yard that would uh, become the backdrop of many of my favorite childhood stories, like when my brother was chased by a turkey, (laughs) to which my Nana looked out the back door on him and plainly stated, if he's dumb enough to pet a wild animal, he's dumb enough to get bit. (laughs) Because of the few crab apple trees growing in our front yard, we would often see families of deer. They would come take the apples and be on their way. Well, one winter after my brothers and I came in from playing in the snow, one buck became very curious about our house. The stairs to our rooms was right by the front door. We all came in and ran upstairs, carelessly leaving the front door wide open. In the short time, I had tracked dirt and snow into our house, shed all of my layers off, and went back to the top of the stairs. My Nana was already standing at the front door, face to face with it. A buck standing in our (laughs) foyer, staring into her eyes. (laughs) The whole front of its body was already through the door. And, the, and that buck is like, what, six fucking four t- feet tall? I don't know, with their, with their horns and shit? I mean, a buck is a young male deer, so there's lots of sizes it can be. But yeah, I mean, it would be, because they definitely have antlers, yeah. usually. Right. That alone, even if, even if it was a three-foot deer, sure. the antlers would just be like, what in the fuck is going on? That would be so upsetting. And it's like halfway yeah. through the door being like, what's up? Can I get some apples? I And I would bet, because it's halfway through the door, I bet it was six feet tall. I right. bet it was a big one because it's like, I'm not afraid of anything. What's going on in sure. here? Hey, what's up? You have central heating. Can I get in on this? Do you, want, do you like my antlers? <laughs> in the eyes of a nine-year-old, it was truly something to behold. A giant <laughs> animal and my 79-year-old Nana just standing there. <laughs> But like it was nothing, she first quietly told him to shoo. And when he didn't, she did the only thing that made sense, grabbed it by the antlers and pushed it out the door. Yes! (laughs) And she goes, that was it. She slammed the door, mumbled something about children and snow under her breath and went on her way. It's almost been a decade now since she passed, and there is not a day that I don't think of her. Even when she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and dementia, she never stopped being her, tenacious and tough. She always shined to me inside and out. Mm. Thank you again for the podcast. It's The podcast and the community around it has brought me so much comfort during a time full of uncertainty as a Black queer woman. I feel like I have found another home in my ever-growing family. I've written in before about my favorite hometown crime, bank robbers on bicycles, and maybe I'll send it in. <laughs> and maybe I'll send it in again one day. Please do. Stay sexy, and when faced with a challenge, know that if Nana can push it out of the way, so can you. Ugh. Sj, they, she. Sj, I oh, mean, what a slice of life, <laughs> Joy. Look at I have tears in my eyes. When does that ever? Well. Happen? It's so good. Also, because uh, we got the confirmation, the buck was gigantic. Yeah. 
<laughs> and she just like steered it out of the room. Oh, steered it out. Of- and she's like, I'm not doing with this with you today. Yeah. I have other stuff going on. Joyce. I would love it if it was uh, like she waltzed waltzed it out by the- <laughs> She walked it backwards. Oh my That's God. badass. Yeah. Also, yeah, that buck was like, uh, got the vibe from Joyce that this was yeah. not happy birthday, no. as my dad likes to say. <laughs> It's called Catholic Wedding Story. So now I'm looping back to the other wedding oh, story. Here we go, a theme. This It's crazy. Okay. <laughs> it's, this starts, hey, hottie. <laughs> oh, thank you. I needed that. Uh, uh, I'm currently listening to Minnesota 287 where Georgia called for wedding stories. Okay. Oh, this must have just happened. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Karen brought up faint, oh, fainting at Catholic weddings. Right. And do I have a story for you? My 26-year-old parents were getting married after four years of dating at St. Clement Church in Chicago. The wedding was around 4 p.m. and went swimmingly. <laughs> My dad and mom stood in front of a priest who preached for a while, did some Catholic stuff, blessed the communion, <laughs> and then had my parents declare their love. All were moved. After the ceremony, my parents exited the church into a tunnel of their closest friends and family. Think varsity basketball team and (laughs) entering for the big game. High five, high five, high five. This has to get explained. Good game, good game. (laughs) It is much like a basketball game. Mm. Um, And also this description goes longer. Think varsity basketball team entering for the big game through a cheerleader tunnel in the crappiest teen movie you can think of. (laughs) As my mother gazed over the faces of her loved ones, she saw shoes, pointy black closed-toed shoes aimed straight towards the sky. Attached to those shoes was her unconscious 80-year-old grandmother, (gasps) known to all as Gigi. My grandma was Gigi too. Was she? Yeah, she became great-grandma Gigi, they called her. Oh, Gigi. According to Catholic tradition, you're not supposed to consume anything before taking communion. I think that's... uh, Come on, have some peanuts. (laughs) I also think that might be um, pre... uh, What the fuck's it called? Lent? No, no. (laughs) There was a... They basically kind of updated all of the rules in Catholicism in the mid-60s. Um, and so maybe this was right before that yeah. because they, I don't think that's a rule. Or anymore. maybe it was, wasn't a rule anymore, but she was old school and stuck with it. She's old school. Oh, right. It was called Vatican II. And it was basically like the Vatican got it together. You're not and was kidding. Like, Vatican II? Yeah, I'm not. I, it was called Vatican II. I thought you were doing a Patrick Boogaloo joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just realized that. No, but they got together and they were like, no, you don't have to do mass oh, and Latin. Grandmas you keep don't fucking have keeling to. over all the time. We got to. Yeah. We got to we gotta oh. do something that's better for the people. And then they, you know. Oh, religion. Whether or not that they did was are, is up to debate. <laughs> Gigi's priest growing up had even kicked an eight-year-old boy out of his first communion for admitting he accidentally swallowed a drop of water brushing his teeth that morning. See, the Vatican II was needed because that kind of stuff is Shit, insane. Shit, man. It's crazy. And then in parentheses, it says, I heard this story frequently from my grandmother as I guiltily ate Cheerios before 10 a.m. mass. (laughs) Yeah, because you're trying not to faint. Yes, because you need to eat in the morning. 
A typically a typically early sleeper, I'm talking 5 p.m., elderly Gigi had starved herself for upwards of 24 hours in order to consume communion in a righteous state at her granddaughter's wedding. My mom, obviously concerned with Gigi's condition, was quickly rushed by her mother into the waiting limo to be escorted to the reception venue. When she asked if Gigi was alive, she received the answer probably and then an immediate slam door. Gigi was fine after a little juice. Unfortunately, I had yet to bless them with my presence, so this story comes secondhand, but it is therefore ingrained with my Nana's incredible storytelling, something I've come to value dearly four years after her passing. And then in parentheses, it says her name was Judy with an I-E. Oh, Judy. Judy. Stay sexy and pleasey. Caitlin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yay. I got dedication and and so sweet. Yeah. Yeah, she thought it was like a a gift. Yeah. Wow, those were... It's not. It's not. It's it's (laughs) sustenance. We need it to survive and live. And like, I'm sorry, but I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb and guess that Jesus doesn't give a shit if you have a bowl of Cheerios before whatever communion is and you take in it. We'd like to think so here at Vatican II, the panel at <laughs> Three, Vatican II. Vatican Three. We'd like to go ahead and say. Now, they should actually have a Vatican Three for these. I mean, there should be a Vatican times. 306 for all the things they should fucking change about it. But you know how I'm obsessed with TikTok now? Yeah. I saw this amazing thing where this person was like, you don't want to change the constitution. Sounds good. You want to keep it exactly as it was. That means you can only carry muskets. So have all the muskets Love you want. But if we're going to keep it on par, there's so many smart people on there. It's crazy. It's amazing. Did you see the one that's like, well, okay, if getting pregnant is God's will, then you, then men ha- having erectile dysfunction is God's will too. And so we're b- trying to ban Viagra. That's right. Fucking love that. That's right. Yeah, yeah people aren't having it. No. It's pretty exciting. Um, also, you know who's smart? The people who write in, to, yes. m- in to, to make mini-sode emails for us because they're just amazing batches of yeah. wonderful personal stories, and then some classics, yeah. some real true crime stories, and all the connection you could ever want. Yeah, and I think it makes uh, people listening happy. It's it's all about the listeners on this one. So thanks for sending those in. Please keep sending. I disagree. Um. <laughs> Send any story you want in. If you want to hear more, go to the, join the fan cult on myfavoritemurder.com. Send your stories in at myfavoritemurder at Gmail. I, is that yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, that's the that name of it. Good. Yes. And uh, and also stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? This has been an Exactly Right production. Our senior producer is Hannah Kyle Crichton. Our producer is Alejandra Kack. This episode was engineered and mixed by Stephen Ray Morris. Our researchers are Marin McClashen and Gemma Harris. Email your hometowns and fucking hoorays to myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder and Twitter at myfavemurder. Goodbye. Follow My Favorite Murder on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase My Favorite Murder merch.